Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We need our team to be of peak intellect. Love is one thing, but war might be the other. Look, just because Jack's not here doesn't mean we gotta let our intelligence be the dump stat. Birdie birdie. Hey, you said there's a fountain over there, Dorian? I admire your dark horns. Paint a portrait, it'll last longer. Sorry, buddy. Yeah! Ah! Get it off, get it off, get it off! I don't want to remember. We're always gonna be best buddies. Jack's gonna be like, they never came back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry and thank you. Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 103, Punch Drunk. MVP this week is Rob Christofferson, who only started diving in last week and has already made it through 50 episodes. In no time, you'll be hearing our shout out to you, Rob, so thank you for listening. Looking for another actual play? Check out the No Fame podcast. Fellow Canadian dungeon master Justin Crane hosts a gang of certified not-famous players as they romp through actual plays of D&D and Savage Worlds with lots more in the chamber. On top of the podcast, you can join them live on Twitch and YouTube. All right, shall we do this? Yeah, let's do it. You head out of the village of Pella's Want. The woods are eerie, skeletal trees reaching towards you, clawing at your cloaks as you pass. The snow has slowed to a gentle few flakes. You trudge along the path, picking your way through the stillness. Firth carries a torch that lights a dim, flickering pool around you as you travel. Hmm. Anyone want to go swimming? You know, I will say that in the dense forest here, uh, you know, it's awfully common. Actually, a bit calm, uh, a bit 
Um, what are you trying to say, Doran? It's peaceful. <laughs> Very peaceful. Yeah. Peaceful, that's exactly Oh, calm it. and not common. No, it's very calm and peaceful. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, after seeing what we saw already tonight, anything's peaceful. But it's just, you know, what, what a beautiful little walk this is. I don't, know. I don't know. It's a bit spooky for me. And I look around, the trees feeling like a little bit... Yeah, I mean, you've never been in the Lurkwood before, and it's a very dense forest. Mm. So maybe as soon as Red says that, Doran does kind of peek over his shoulder and realize that as soon as the light dissipates into the trees, like there's all these eerie shadows and like Mm -hmm. spiny finger-like limbs of trees that come reaching out to us. The torchlight almost makes it feel darker outside. Oh, come on, guys. It's not so bad. Oh, no. No, of course not. (laughs) Let's just get there. We must be almost there, right, Feth? It's not far. All right. How long have we been walking at this point? It is far. You've been walking for like half an hour. Yeah. I thought this was like five minutes down the road. <laughs> I, well, 15 minutes, but I'm sure we're almost there. Let's just keep going. You walk for so long that the trudging through the snow exhausts you. <sighs> Your feet are heavy and your legs burn with effort. Uh, buddy, look, you said 15 minutes. It's been like three hours. Where is this place? It's not far. You keep saying that. I feel like he doesn't know what that means. Ooh. Jack is all the way back there. Uh, uh, Firth, let me let me ask you this way: If uh, you were to leave in the morning to come to uh, Marina's house, where would the sun be in the sky by the time you arrived? Oh yeah, right up there. Uh, um, it's not helping. Look, we've come this far. We're not going to go three hours back. Let's just keep going. Maybe we'll pick up the pace a little bit. <sighs> and as you say that, Doran's like, it wouldn't be so exhausting if the snow weren't so deep. And you look over and Doran's like standing waist high with his hands kind of like <laughs> set on the snow. <laughs> he's just like... You're holding orc splitter above your head like uh, you're wading through the water. As if he's wading through water or, <laughs> or a pool. Uh, well, hopefully we're not too much longer. Starting to worry about Jack. He'll be fine. I'm not too worried about Jack. I'm just picturing like a flashback to Jack and he's just slowly counting coins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or he's just like dining at the mayor's house. Just like He's found a nice soft bed and he's just chilling. <laughs> he's just yeah. He doesn't even have to because he's a half elf, but he's just, yeah. he right. does. He loves to. Uh, I feel like he's really kicking his feet up. He's like going through the library, you know? He's like... Oh, he found like a little oh. brandy and he's just having a good old read. Yeah, well, you know what? What I'd like to know is, it, is you know, the history of this town. There's got to be something deeper <laughs> down here further. And there's a, oh, there's an artist that was here several, several years ago. <laughs> Eventually, the path through the woods dissolves into a clearing that houses a small community. Being that it is quite late... Most houses are lifeless, their dark windows giving them a blank expression. Firth leads you through the village, humming. And on the far side of the settlement, one villa is tucked back against the distant folds of the Lurkwood. Its windows are a blaze of candlelight, and even from this distance you can hear the sounds of merriment. The size of the mansion would likely inspire envy in half of all Faerun. 
Most of the land leading up to the estate is given to a large orchard split by a laneway. Rows of twisted fruit trees covered in snow make strange shapes, and a distant barn and grain silo behind the house boast the wealth of this land. Holy shit, Fath, is this where you're taking us? Yeah, yeah, this is Marina's house. Well, first off, finally, uh, that was not 15 minutes, friend. We'll talk about that after. Secondly, (laughs) this is a big, beautiful place. Maybe 15 minutes in the summertime. (laughs) Definitely not. That was many, many hours of walking. It's not far. It's not far compared to what? The circumference of the goddamn Earth? (laughs) Earth? It's not called Earth, is it? Well. Earth. What's that? Toro? (laughs) The snow of the laneway betrays the passage of many horse-drawn carriages. Several small, darkened outbuildings dot the property as well, and you trek your way up the laneway towards this house. (sighs) A low stone fence follows the snowy lane on both sides and leads up to a grand columned front porch with two huge mahogany doors. The building is two stories tall and constructed of solid stone. Expensive glass windows look out on the lawn, where manicured topiaries look out from underneath caps of snow. Inside, figures move past the windows, their lively silhouettes a picture of careless frivolity. Oh, guys, it's a, it's a party! Hmm. Wow, this is really quite a beautiful place. Serena Minderrather. <laughs> no, it's Marina Flinder Clather. Get, 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 Look, I'm tired. It's been a long day. Let's just Karina get this over with. Uh, and I walk up to the door and I bang heavily. Nice knockers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, each door is set with a ring of heavy brass and you grasp and knock loudly. After just a moment, a tall human woman wearing a finely cut servant's uniform and a sour expression answers the door. She's got blonde hair that's been pulled back so severely into a hairdo that it looks like it's kind of stretching the sides of her face. Welcome to the Cindergather estate. May I ask your business here? Oh, yes. My name is Red. This is my best friend Kraloth and my best friend Doran and my best friend Jack. Well, no, Jack's actually back there. Yes. And this is Firth and Firth apparently belongs here. And we've been walking for a long time, and we really just want to drop him off so we can go back and help our friend. Doran's really taken aback by the hair, and he's like, you might want to let that out of your ponytail. I can tell you, with my, my hair, it's quite long. I know, you, you, that's too tight. You're going to get a headache. Doran, don't touch her. <laughs> she just kind of blinks at you. Oh, yeah. young Master Firth, what a pleasure to see you. It's been some time. Oh, my Lady Marina will be delighted. Well, you all look exhausted. Please, come in. We really shouldn't, but, uh... Okay, Doran just walks in like he owns the place. And I look towards Kreloth. Jack, that smell, what is that? As you stand there on the porch looking in through the open door, a servant walks by with a hoisted plate of canapes and sort of drifts through the house into another room. Oh, Red, I'm sure Jack will be fine. We're just going to come in here, we'll have some canapes, and then we'll see him before morning. Exactly. You know what, Red, and and you're less concerned, Kraloth, but you're probably in the same same thing as I am. If, if, If Jack gets concerned, he can always send us one of his mind messages, you know? One of those secret, just, just uh, you know, the mind messages. Anyways, you can check up on us, and we can just say back, yeah, we're staying the night because it took us longer than 15 minutes to walk here. But Red looks towards the inside of the house and towards the, like, dark field they entered through and then back towards the house and back towards the field. And he's like, 
Yeah, he'll be fine. Let's go. And he bursts <laughs> in as well. <laughs> I almost want there to be a point where Dora's like, but, but, food. But, but, yeah. beer. <laughs> oh, I think Red is all about this. He just, he's like There's trying like to be. just a little bit of responsibility that's just dragging you back out into the cold and yeah. eventually you shake it off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Red bursts in and enters the front hall. <sighs> I do need to try certain types of alcohol. The entrance hall's flagstone floor gleams with polish. The walls seem freshly painted. A large chandelier capped with a hundred tiny candles sends motes of glittering light all around you. Several slightly harried-looking servants take your overcoats and brush the snow from your boots and leggings, preparing you to enter into the manor without bringing in a mess from outside. Oh, who'd you have to knock off to get a joint like this? Dora just kind of gives a look towards Red. Not everybody kills the owner of a building. Right, pointed comment. Kraloff, do your thing. Kraloff just has his mouth completely full as he turns to look at them. The woman who answered the door is clearly kind of the head of serving staff, based on how her garments are cut compared to the other servants as they bustle around you, getting you ready to enter the party. I am Admoira. Please, if you'd follow me, I think my lady would very much like to see you at once. Mm. Sure. My lady is uh, at the moment in the midst of throwing a belated Feast of the Moon celebration. Oh, we missed ours as well. Oh, did you? Guys, it's circumstance. There were, uh, there was another fete happening at the same time, and my lady decided to throw hers on an alternate day as a measure of politeness, you understand. I love feta. We might find her in the conservatory. You guys have a lot of parties around here. Oh, yes, many parties. I like it. I like these canapes, too. Are we allowed to uh, go in? Uh, yes, of course. And you're led through the manor by Admoira, who walks brusquely, her low heels clicking on the flagstone. Continuing on through a hallway, you pass a set of wide-open doors leading into a two-story grand salon where a small crowd of guests are gathered, mingling and laughing. Food and drink are being passed by serving staff, and a quartet of musicians plays low and lively music. As you cruise past, she beelines for a room further down the hall, Seated on a divan together to one side, a pair of women whisper loudly behind a held fan, giggling, clutching each other. And another servant approaches Edmoyer as you walk. Uh, We're out of potatoes, ma'am. Chef said that we had two more pans a half hour ago, but they're they're all gone. There must be a miscalculation. She brushes him away. Not now, Shin. Tell Ruby we'll make do as it is. I feel like Red's craning his neck into the party room as they pass it, just like, (laughs) ow. You come to a large room now on the south side of the manor. Tall glass windows stretch floor to ceiling on three sides, and several planters house exotic trees and flowers. Lanterns on stands dot the room, shedding romantic light throughout. Several small groups of guests stand around or lounge on wicker furniture, conversing and drinking. Think of all the orphans we could fit in here, Kraloff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at least seven. Seven and a half, maybe. Admira brings you over to a corner near a tall cage of small yellow birds and says, Please wait here. Ooh. Ooh, hello. You know what, guys? I think this might be good for us. Kraloth, you and I haven't got to hang out and party since Waterdeep, and honestly, that was a bit of a bummer. There was some darkness there, you know, with your old undead master coming back to you and telling you what 
to do. Oh, yeah. And Doran, you and I haven't had a good drink since, uh, since the bee in the barrel. Well, I mean, I can't, uh, I almost wish, uh, Jack was here. I mean, he's, he's usually the type that mingles well with this crowd, and you could tell Doran's bum is blushing. <laughs> Boys, this is a chance for us to show our aristocracy. We're good. Look, you just gotta fit in, play the part, act how you're doing. And Red, like, swipes some mud from his arm and throws it to the wall, spattering all the yellow birds. <laughs> <laughs> In like little specks of mud, they're all now covered in like mud. Oh, <laughs> Firth's got his face pressed up against the bars of the bird cage, and he's like, "Birdie, birdie, birdie," just talking with the birds. They're pretty, aren't they, Firth? Yeah. Doran finds like a stained glass pane window, and he mm-hmm. he like fixes his beard a little bit by brushing it down with his hands and like looks in the mirror and like wipes the blood off his face <laughs> is there a, a, a pan of water around here somewhere and he sees maybe there's like a a little fountain feature oh a bird fountain yes exactly so he puts a hand in a fountain feature and wipes the blood and dirt off his face and so all of a sudden he's it's got, like a clean spot in a very dirty yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can see his Nice, clean, brown skin. I I feel like in the room there's a fireplace and Red walks over, but it's not lit. And he bends down to like a small roundish object and turns the crate off. And he's like, look at this. And he blows it. And it's got all the ashes collected in it. And it's just like (laughs) all over. You know, like, yeah, because I remember being a kid and like, and playing with those ash catchers because oh, they yeah, scoop yeah. them out and just like, boom, it just goes everywhere and there's this cloud of smoke all just like slowly falling. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, thanks, Red. Um, Sorry, buddy. Hey, you said there's a fountain over there, Doran? Yeah, I just uh, was able to wipe my face. Like, how clean I look, Kraloth. Oh. <laughs> Tell me I look clean. I haven't got blood. I saw some pretty ladies in there. You, you look you look great, Doran. Excuse me. As Kraloth and Doran are busy washing themselves in a small fountain filled with goldfish, you are approached by an elegant <laughs> all woman. Dying from the ashes. And Red is just Red's covered. Red's there too, just washing the ashes off of his paws. And we're all, all three of us have our like heads and hands in this poor goldfish pond. Yeah. You're approached by an elegant woman with luminous dark skin in a long midnight blue dress. Jewels hang at her earlobes and cling to her neck. She's quite beautiful. And she says, Welcome. (laughs) I feel like Grilath and I are like (laughs) boggling. Hello. Oh, Firth, I'm so glad you made your way to me. She goes to him and holds him by the shoulders, kind of looks him up and down. You must be frozen stiff. Is your daddy with you? Oh. Firth says, Daddy's gone. I think he's in the dirt. I kept your letter for him in case he's coming back. And she sort of looks to the three of you and she says, Oh, how awful, you you poor sweet boy. Uh, uh, Taltos! She beckons a serving boy over and he hastens to her side. See to it that Firth has a hot bath immediately. Bring him some of the roast and then get him in bed. He is your charge tonight. Do you understand me? And Firth goes off happily with this servant boy. She turns to the three of you. Well, I am Marina Cindergather. Welcome to my home. Thank you so much for bringing poor Firth to me. Do you know anything about what happened to Reynard? 
Well, uh, thank you for welcoming us to your home, uh, uh, Marina. Doran extends a hand, like almost not even listening to the second part of the question. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got a beautiful home here. Well, thank you very much. She takes your hand very politely, doesn't even bat an eye at the fact that the three of you are all dripping wet. Yeah. Yeah. Red yeah. spits out a fish. He's like, <laughs> and I think that uh, really what happened is sort of a difficult thing to explain because see, there was this guy who was sort of cursed and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and he looks to Kraloth. Yeah. Just... Kraloth has just been staring blankly and then, yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. Oh, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, uh, uh, milady. Um, it's it's a bit of a tale, and we've had a very, very long night. Um, would you happen to have any coffee? Oh, oh. booze. We'll take booze. Oh, special specialty for, uh, coffee, maybe. Yeah. Booze would be nicer. Yeah, if just that's the option. Oh, so. Please, anything your heart desires, of yes. course. And she gestures to a servant who comes by and discreetly takes all of your orders. Three boozes. <laughs> Three booze. And whatever these two want. Look, there was this guy <laughs> named Renzo, and he was a cursed something or other, and he got really, really hungry. And uh, yes. he started hurting people, and frankly, your little Firth here. And say, what is the relation between you and Firth? Oh, oh well, Firth's mother was my cousin, she died in childbirth just over 25 years ago. Oh. Raynard and I have stayed close. I suppose I will be his carer until Raynard is found. He's a lovely and capable boy, but Firth does not have strong reasoning skills. Mm. Uh, but he knows this house and property, and he'll be happy here. Oh, he doesn't know how to judge its distance. No, he surely doesn't. But <laughs> I must say, he's uh, got some lovely family. I'm sorry to hear about his mother, but he's lucky to have you, Marina. Yes, well, I sent a letter to Raynard. Um, He wrote to me with suspicions about someone in Pella's Wand, and I sent him something to help. A couple of well-dressed partygoers clutching delicate glasses of wine approach your group. Marina's eyes dart over to them, and she smiles widely. We can continue this conversation later, if you like. I'm sorry, I must mingle. Lord Carrick, Lady Torlin, where have you been hiding all night? Sure, sure. Thank you so much. We'll we'll make our way there. She glides away. She would glide. You boys. What? Hmm? What do you mean, what? You two need to look hmm? Look at each other. Look at you. Uh, you're both ogling over this, I mean, nice. Ogling? Oogling? I, I think there's there's a point where the contrast of our heights kind of play into the humor of this scenario where Kraloth looks down at me and I look way up at Kraloth. And, you know, we've kind of like half put ourselves together with this water from the fountain. And we're both kind of a little goggly eyed. You guys are friends. Don't forget that. Do I need to remind you? Oh, no, well, I saw the way you were looking at her. Oh, you did. Wait, 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 wait. Of course we're friends. Of course. Yeah, but I mean, um, that doesn't... Right. Did you... I, uh, well, have you thought about what might happen? If we... What would might happen? If we... What do you mean, what might happen? Look, at just you... having a nice conversation with the nice lady. I mean, this possible... Nice lady. That, I mean, we both... Uh, or... She was very kind. She could decide. Yeah. But... Right, right. Well, just be smart about it, you two. <laughs> if she picks one over the other, how's that going to make you feel? Remember how she glided? Yeah, she glided, but she's got skates or something. It's not magic. Relax. Mm. And at that point, I look at her Well, I love you. You're you're my brother. I love you too, Doran. No matter and, what. Um, I, mean, I wouldn't want anything to, to, to come between us. Of course. No, even if it's a right. really 
really beautiful, um, stunning woman like that. Stunning, um, just absolutely. Uh, yeah. Snap out of it, boys! Oh, We're sorry. here for a reason. Look, I didn't. We a need drink. to focus. Let's get a few answers, a few drinks, and then we can deal with this little issue. Yeah. A servant comes over with a platter that has three boozes, sir. Ah, thank you. Yes. I pour them all into one glass. (laughs) (laughs) And I I believe I ordered a a, a coffee. Uh, Yes, Uh, just here, sir. Yes. Mm. There is nothing like a cup of coffee after slaying a cursed being. And that's it. A cursed being. We need to be smart about this. Right. Uh, so he was cursed and she knew about it because she wrote. That's yes. right. What if this person is was in on it? We need to be smart here, guys. Look, just because Jack's not here doesn't well, mean we got to let our intelligence be the dump stat. But I mean her. How could she possibly be involved in something so... Snap out of it, Doran! Look, look, there's no way that that letter said that the man that we vanquished was cursed and she was sending help. She sent the ring to help. If she's involved in this, then she's not on the side of whatever we just killed. Look, I don't think she's involved in it. All I mean to say is we gotta be smart, especially when playing with matters of the heart. And that rhymes, so you know it's true. Let's just play it coy. Let's try to get as much information as we can about Renzo and, uh, mm. frankly, enjoy ourselves a little bit. <laughs> so you're saying to get to the bottom of this, we need our team to be absolutely cunning and of peak intellect. Well, I'm not saying exactly that. <laughs> I'm just saying that we got to get to the bottom of something, and this glass isn't the only thing I'm going to get to the bottom of. And Red downs the booze. Cheers. <laughs> Let's go mingle with some of the people and uh, play it cool. As you head back out into the main hallway, you see this party is at hand. There are opulent treats waiting for you in the great hall. A buffet table is set so heavily with delicacies that it bows slightly in the middle. Golden pastries with steam still gently rising. A juicy roast, honeyed carrots shimmering with butter, gleaming oysters on ice, bowls of gem-bright cherries, and platters of soft, creamy golden cheese. Golden cheese. Mm. A wide, sweeping staircase leads up to the second floor that is guarded by two men-at-arms wearing studded leather armor and carrying crossed halberds. I feel like Red is, like, eating a cheese puff and walks over them. I almost killed a man for your armor. I like it. It's very nice. <laughs> Studded leather armor. <laughs> like, I feel like that was such an on, ongoing thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. The guard nods and then looks over at the other guard. Mm, I got better armor now. No worries. Good luck. And he walks away. <laughs> Kraloth has a plate and he's trying to walk to a couch and the plate is just stacked. It's a mountain of food and it's wobbling and there's like a a little overflowing. There's like a a cup or something on top. He's placed his coffee cup on top Mm -hmm. and he's balancing it and trying to walk as carefully as possible to the nearest divan. Yes. You sat down next to an old man with a waxed mustache who has a kind of similarly piled plate and he says... uh, Fadral Dutsk at your service. Ah, oh. oh, 
I do love the taste of this venison. Oh. It's been prepared splendidly, wouldn't you say? What's your favorite hors d'oeuvre, sir? This is venison? I just thought it was cow meat. Oh, no. Mmm. Okay, well, I, I, to be honest, we said your name was Fadro? That's right, Fadro. I, I haven't tried all of them, but uh, give, me, give me two seconds here. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to have to say that the canapé <laughs> is quite nice, but I'm also quite particular about the, the shrimp, and they've done a fantastic job. Whatever sauce they're using, it is divine. I'd, uh, I've, I've always been a sucker for seafood. I don't really get to have it too much, but... Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Where are my manners? My name's Kraloth, uh, Kraloth of Barovia. Um, it's a pleasure to meet you, Sir Kraloth. I presume, Sir, based on your armor, of course, and your insignias. Oh, oh yeah, I am wearing my armor, aren't I? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I was a knight. Um, I still am, I guess. Uh, just a little order of business, you know, type thing. But uh, I don't really talk about it too much at social gatherings. Um, how about you? How, how do you know uh, Miss uh, Cindergather? Well, she's uh, my niece's best friend, and oh. I make a point of attending all her fets, of course. Well. It's just a matter of p- politeness. You must really keep up appearances in such company. Oh. I didn't wear my armor, of course. A little bit too big around the middle these days. He pats his uh, ever-expanding waistline. Oh, you know, I uh, might be there very, very soon, I say as I eat another one. That's kind of a rude thing to say, eh? I'm going to be as fat as you momentarily. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I feel like Red walks over to the table as well, eyes a few things, picks up one or two things, eats them, and then heads over to the bar. Yeah, you are standing beside a woman who has just the biggest smile and gleaming teeth. She flashes around aimlessly. She's wearing kind of an old-fashioned dress, but she's waiting politely at the bar. Oh, your teeth are big. What's your name? Uh, Oh, well, um, your eyes are big. Thank you. My name is Red-Handed Robin. I'm Alexis Hillisey. Cool. What are you doing here? Well, anyone who's anyone is here, don't you know? Wait, does that mean I'm anyone? I would presume so. Wonderful. Where do you come from, sir? Oh, Maztica. Where is that? Well, it's a continent on the other side of the ocean. Oh, uh, like um, an island? Kind of. The same way this place is an island, I suppose. It's really hot, and there's a lot of special bugs there. Would you like me to tell you about them? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. What is? Special bugs? Yes. Well, tell me, red-handed Robin, can you dance? (laughs) Can I dance? Red jumps up on the bar and, like, (laughs) knocks over a few bottles and starts, like, dancing his signature red dance. Yeah, call this dancing? (laughs) (laughs) And then jumps back down. She presses a hand to her chest just absolutely flummoxed. I was referring to the waltz. That too. Wait, what's that? You can't waltz? What I know. Can I? I always say that a person who can't handle the waltz can't be trusted with much else, if you know what I mean. But here, I can teach you. Kraloth, do I know the waltz? And I take her hands. Uh, Probably. She grabs you and the two of you are set off whirling on the dance floor. (laughs) 
Doran, you walk away from this main room a little bit and you find yourself off to the side. There's a study and a couple of older folks sitting around a roaring fire. And one of them has their nose in a book and is smoking a cigar and isn't even really paying attention to the party at all. And maybe by this point, Doran's kind of almost given up trying to get into a conversation. And Mm -hmm. so he sees the roaring fire and he goes over and he thinks, well, I'll just stand by the fire and enjoy my drink. A tiefling man with sharp black horns who's got a decorative rapier at their waist is kind of just perusing the books on the bookshelf. And he pulls one off almost at random and sort of flips through it. He turns to you, seeing you approach... And, and recognizes that you kind of have an awkward look about you. And he says, such a lovely collection. H- here, here's a copy of Bathazar and Elshka. Looks to be a first edition. Nothing like a good love story, wouldn't you agree? Love story. Well, yes, that is part of life, I suppose. I'm Doran Ironfist. N- nice to meet you. And, and Doran extends a hand. You may call me Fehi Gragyaga. Ah, Fehi Nice, nice to meet you. I, I admire your dark horns and say that's that's one book. But and he looks at the uh, wall of books and immediately spots one about fighting in war. He says, mm. "But have you read this?" And it's um, it's a picture book. <laughs> <laughs> the big blue truck goes to the zoo. <laughs> I especially <laughs> like the ending because uh, he finds his father. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Love is one thing, but war might be the other. And I've studied this one several times, actually, funny enough. And he pulls out Carrion's uh, big blue book of... Um, battle uh, maneuvers. Battle maneuvers. Thank you. Oh, that's <laughs> Combat Sutra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! All right, Harlan, that's inspiration. Uh, yes, yes. Right Excellent. very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. Crushed it. No, they they go into conversation. Yeah, you guys have a nice chat about love and yeah. battle and literature. Yeah, Doran, as you're in the middle of conversing with this crew of older, distinguished gentleman types. And maybe by this point, we've all kind of gathered around and we're all talking about love and war. Mm-hmm. I don't go into too much detail, but I do hint at the fact that, that I've experienced both love and war. Movement catches your eye as the tall, slender figure of Marina Cindergather floats by the doorway. She looks in just briefly to make sure that her guests are having a nice time, and she catches your eye, and then she moves on towards the party. Doran clears his throat, and he says, <clears throat> If you uh, gentlemen would excuse me for just a moment, I... Uh... And maybe he starts to move towards the door, and as he does so, he he catches Kraloth's eyes from like yep. way across the room, but just at that right angle. Yeah, and he sees the <laughs> the same thing going through Kraloth's eyes. You know, like yeah. following this this woman. Kraloth has stopped chewing; his mouth is full as he's looking back at you. As she enters this great hall, the musical quartet stops what they were playing and starts up a new number and. She smiles brilliantly in recognition of her favorite song. A tall half-elf man, very handsome, 
walks over, takes these long, confident strides, and asks her to dance. She nods, and the two of them begin twirling gracefully around the dance floor. A couple of other parties also join in the revelry. I think Red walks over and sort of maybe stands between Kraloth and Doran, drinking a drink. He's like, ah, looks like she's dancing with some guy. You know, Kraloth, there's something to be said about the way some people carry themselves. Am I wrong? Oh, you are not wrong. Just complete, utter grace. Like, their movements are inspired by the gods. Yeah, he must work out. <laughs> Red. <laughs> what? We're not talking about him. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about her. Well, go interrupt. Can't you cut in? I saw that at the wedding. The, you know, people just come in and, you know, go cut in and dance with her then. As the couples whirl by, Marina and her partner pass close to you, and you get a whiff of brilliant perfume. Oh. Doran steps in and moves dances. right beside Doran and <laughs> tries to step in before he does. I think we should do a contested role. Yeah, I think so. I think we both look at each other and then immediately we both move at the exact same time. Yes. We're like, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, 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 pardon me. Oh, yeah. You should roll for initiative. Ooh. <laughs> That's what we should do. Who, see no, who gets I to mean, it first? I think yeah, we should. I, I think we should. Who gets? Let's see. Roll for initiative. Yeah, uh, 13. Nine. No! <laughs> Classic Kraloth style. Uh, single digits, man. But that doesn't mean she wants Doran. Doran's foot gets right in the way, and, and somehow this little figure of a person managed to cut his way in between the man dancing with Marina and Kraloth. And she looks down at you. And Doran, as though he is maneuvering through a battle continues the dance the exact same momentum without breaking even a moment and they continue to kind of swirl in the same momentum that he cut in on her other partner the half elf kind of does look a little mini foot stamp i feel like red plays wingman and comes in and sweeps the guy away he's like come on let's get a drink walks (laughs) him out you know like (laughs) love it So, Doran, you are whirling around the dance floor with this woman. It doesn't even feel like the two of you have that much of a difference in height. Her grace far exceeds what is necessary to perform the steps of this dance. And it is magical. I want you to please make a straight up and down charisma check for me. Uh, A seven. Okay. So, not very good. You spend a heady few minutes dancing together, and after the song ends, she gives you a polite smile and says, that was lovely, thank you. The, the pleasure was all mine. And as he turns away, he kind of looks at nobody and he says, damn, that body is a battle axe. <laughs> <laughs> and Kraloth, while Doran and uh, Marina are dancing, Kraloth is kind of pacing the side of the floor like, oh, I was too slow. I'm always too slow. I'm always last to act. And uh, I look up and I see how Doran is not just blushing with his butt, but blushing with his face. Ooh, that's a big blush. I kind of chuckle to myself. And then something clicks 
And immediately I reach into my pouch and I pull out some flower petals and uh, I crush them in my hands and I cast Enhance Ability on myself, Eagle Splendor, which gives me advantage on Charisma (laughs) rolls. Yeah, that's not fair. Doran's watching this all happen. (laughs) It's fair. You had your shot, Doran. Quiet. Watch him work. It's pretty impressive. I turn to Red and say, uh, how do I look? You look ready. Get, give me one second. And Red runs across the room, and you see him tapping on the shoulder of the like the band, mm-hmm. and they stop the song, and you see him whisper, and this real slow tune starts up, and he like gives you a big thumbs up from the other side of the room. Like, good luck. <laughs> and Kraloth smiles and nods at his friend, and he steps onto the dance floor, and he moves with unnatural precision and grace almost like he's walking into battle but there's a softness about him a very gentleness as he walks up to marina taps her on the shoulder and says milady may i have this dance please Ooh, kraloth make a charisma check roll it Ooh, that's a 19 <laughs> as she spins to meet your eyes you are dumbfounded to see that looking at you has brought a blush to her face and she takes your hand outstretched and says of course the next few minutes pass in a world that feels almost as magic as anything that you could create it's fantastic The lights from the lanterns in the room glimmer on her jewels as you swing her around. You've never felt peace and pride like this before. The dance is simple and slow as far as dances go, but every step is perfectly in place. And it doesn't feel slow. And Kraloth is tapping into something he didn't even know existed within him and he'd maybe caught a sense of it but this is on a whole other level the calm the sweetness the feeling of being home just settles in on him and there's a moment where he doesn't even realize he's dancing as the music kind of comes back into his consciousness and he can sense that the song is ending And very slowly, but with the strength of his military body, he dips her down slowly and gracefully, fully in control, and then gently brings her back up, looking into her eyes the whole time. You went for it. Krayla, inspiration. Love it. Get that girl. (laughs) And then from another room, a clatter, a clang. And the sound of something shattering quiets the gathering. I feel like at this point, Doran having failed in his attempt and like really rooting for Kraloth now. Yeah, Red's right next to you. He did good, didn't he, Doran? And hearing this sort of disturbance almost takes like an irritated approach to this sound in the next room. And he actually pulls the axe off his back. (laughs) It's just rampages. Then you spot motion on the buffet table. All eyes are drawn as a roast turkey wiggles 
twitching and cavorting down off of its platter onto the floor. It rolls once, twice, and then explodes in a shower of stuffing. A small bipedal creature bounces out, basically a mouth and a little soft body on legs. At the same time, another creature hops up onto the back of an armchair, opening its maw wide to display rows and rows of curved teeth, roaring a little roar. The dude in the armchair scrambles up, tipping over in his haste and crawling on the floor to hide underneath the table. A third creature swings wildly from the chandelier, which breaks and crashes to the ground. Candles rolling from their seats and guttering out. The guests panic. Some flee in the room while others drunkenly try to sort out what's happening. Everybody roll for initiative. It's party time, boys. Doran looks over and sees the crowd that he was kind of speaking with around the fireplace before the dance and pulls his axe and almost does like a wide grin. I'm like, this is my wheelhouse. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm here. Absolutely. Harlan, what does Red have? 17. Nice. Doran? Five. No. (laughs) Kraloff? I got an eight. He's distracted. Yeah. Yeah, you just dipped this beautiful woman. I did. Okay. First up, Red. Red, opposed to everyone else, including his friends, is so quick on the draw. It's lightning fast. His bow is off of his back in a split second, and an arrow is singing across the room towards one of these gaping maws. I'm going to cast Hunter's Mark as a bonus action. Okay. That would be a 14 to hit. No, you miss. Oof. I'll attack again. Oh, that's better. 17 to hit. Mm -hmm. Nice. 26 damage. Your arrow drives deep into the creature's beady eye as you skewer it through its brain and it drops down, flailing into a pool of viscera. Hope that wasn't your pet. Next up, these little guys. What are they? One of them runs towards you, waddling a little bit. They're on these two kind of stumpy legs, and they're like knee height at most. They have these pudgy little bodies, and they're basically just like a big walking mouth. Runs at you, Red, and leaps on you. It's going to try to bite you. 18 to hit? Just hits. Oh! Damn. That's six piercing damage, and... You feel as it's multiple rows of sharp, curved teeth latch on to your furry little leg. So he he grabs you right around the thigh and his teeth start rasping at you. He's attached. Rasping. Ah! Get it off! Get it off! Get it off! And then the other creature, the one that's not been skewered by Red's arrow, runs forward and launches itself at you, Doran. That's a natural one. Oh, missed. So it misses. It just clatters off of your armor and falls on the floor. Um, Its little legs are waggling in the air. It's got these really gross, long, black talons on its toenails. I would love to do a riposte. Ooh, do it. Because when a creature misses me with a melee attack, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can use my reaction. Good move. To expend a superiority die. Great move. Do it. Uh, 26. So the creature bounces off of you and you take a great swing with Orc Splitter hitting the creature. How much damage do you do? Oh, shit. Max damage. What? So Doran winds up. This little fucker jumps at him and tries (laughs) to bite him. And with a smirk on his face watching his 
newfound friends in the other room by the fireplace. Mm -hmm. He swings at this thing as though it were a baseball, and he hits it with a 23 points of damage. Nice. Wow. Wow. You cut it to pieces. And slices the fucker in half. Blood and guts. I, I want to imagine it because you said it's the size of a bird. I want to say it's got very similar guts as a bird. It's not not too bloody. It's more or maybe corpulent it is really than a, a chicken, right? Mm. It's fatter and, and juicier. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kraloth, it's your turn. Kraloth steps beside Marina and says, Stay close, milady. And he steps beside this creature that has attached itself to Red. And mm-hmm. he's just going to reach. Get it, get it, get it. And he's going to try to yank it off. Ugh. Yeah, you can do that with an action. You just pull the creature's jaws off of Red's leg. And you see this gaping wound where its mouth was. But you have this creature in your hands now. Ah, fuck! It, it squirms out of his hand. And as a bonus action, I'm going to call upon my spiritual weapon. Ooh. And I'm going to have it. Yeet. Throw it up and let yeet. the spiritual weapon yeet. just knock it out the window. My spiritual yeet. And uh, I'm going to cast it as a level, a level three. three. Spirit weapon. Yeah! That's 26 to hit. You do. Get it, Kranoff. Get it, get it, get it. 16 points of damage. Your scythe cleaves down and chops the creature in half. It's blood leaking all over this beautiful polished floor. You all right, buddy? Thank you. Thank you, Kraloff. Yes, yes, it, it, it hurts, but it, it, it's, it's okay. What the hell are those things? Can I roll in nature or something? Oh. To figure out what those were. Yeah, you can roll nature. That's what Jack would do, right? That's a 16. You think that it's very likely that this creature would have been able to just continually bite you on its next turn essentially that it wouldn't have to keep continuing to try to attack you additionally you've never really seen a creature like this before and with it lying bisected in front of you you can see the workings of its innards and strangely the cleft organs seem to writhe around in the darkness of its own viscera almost still alive somehow what the fuck Mm. Is everybody all right? Lady Cindergather's face is flushed with fear, and she weakly applauds your effort. That was outstanding. Please, everyone, stay calm. Here, here, drinks all around. Uh, yes, please take take a seat. And Moira! And then the sound of something heavy falling from upstairs and hopping footsteps. All of the guests' eyes train upwards. I, I, I would be extremely grateful if you three could please see if there's anything dangerous upstairs. I will keep our guests safe down here. Please, would you? Yes, of course, of course. lady. Of course, of course my lady. lady. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Red says as he picks it up by a foot. Its innards are like squirming and kind of lashing around. Yeah. Yes, once. What? We're going to talk about that after. And Red walks over to the table that the turkey fell off of and he flops this thing down on a like a linen napkin and he wraps it up and he puts it in the bag of holding. Jack's going to want to see that. All right, let's go. Doran goes charging up the stairs, you know, like he's out to prove something. 
The men-at-arms are gone from the foot of the stairs, and you are alone in the dim entry hall. Many of the candles of the chandelier have burned out, leaving this room in quasi-gloom. Doran charges up the stairs with Red and Kraloth following quickly after. Following the sound of thumping, you pass through the hall, decorated with framed oil paintings and an expensive-looking curio cabinet. The sound seems to originate from behind a closed door. I don't know what the hell that was down there, but let's be smart. When that thing bit me, I feel like it would have just kept sucking. And, and I don't have that much blood to go around, so let's keep our distance. Like a leech. Yeah, kind of. All right. Yeah, weird. I wonder where in the planes they came from. Yeah, this is weird. Why are they suddenly showing up? At a- Doran, why don't you take lead? Happily. Doran pushes the Doran. Uh, oh, it's a pull, Doran. Doran, stop pushing. Pulls the door open and does a diving roll into the room. You find a private library in absolute tatters. At least four of the same creatures from downstairs are visible, wretched and sweating, tearing with their hundreds of teeth through books and upholstery alike, feathers and shreds of paper falling through the air like snow. One of the little monsters roars a little roar at you from atop its perch on the desk, and a fifth pops its head out of the wrecked, fainting couch. Oh, God, Jack would hate this. They're eating books. <laughs> All right, Doran, it's your turn. You roll into the room. What do you do? Like a man with a fly swatter surrounded by flies, he just <laughs> sees the closest one and swings his axe to hit 25. Yep. Doing nice. 12 points of damage. Yeah, nice. you cut it to pieces. Well nice. done. And in the same sort of motion, does a spinning swing to hit the second one in the room with a 20, an unnatural 20. Mm-hmm. This one's like balanced on top of a pile of papers precariously. Doing uh, 17 points of damage. Mm-hmm. You murder that one too. Orc Splitter's laughing all the while. Red, it's your turn. What do you do? Red pulls out his bow and fires at uh, the creature probably closest to Doran. Mm-hmm. There's three kind of arranged toward the rear of the room now. So as a bonus action, I'm going to move my hunter's mark to that one. That would be a 18 to hit. Yep. 14 damage. It dies. Arrow through the skull, directly through the mouth, the open maw, and it tumbles to the floor, spurting blood. And I'll fire at the other one. Nice. Twelve. Miss. All right. Damn. Kraloth, they're yours. The remaining two creatures charge Doran, and they both attack, seeking an opening in his armor, leaping up on their little legs to trap whatever flesh they can between their teeth. Look out, Doran. 23 to hit on the first one. That hits. And 16 to hit on the second one. That misses. Eight piercing damage. Ouch. And the creature clings to your stomach, catching at your flesh just underneath your breastplate. Oh, I got a clinger. (laughs) Kraloth, it's your turn. Kraloth, again, is going to see this creature attached to Doran. He's going to run up. The the door is closing slightly, and Kraloth just bashes it back open. Yeah. And quickly reaches over, grabs this creature that's on Doran's leg. And yanks it off as well. Sorry, buddy. Ow. And uh, it squirms out of my hands. And I say, get it, Dora. Now's your chance. Yeah. 
perfect, Doran. It's your turn. And there's two of these creatures right in front of you. And you're side by side with Kraloth, your best friend and rival. Yes. Doran's like, you got it, bestie. And <laughs> he's just going to do a straight up attack. That's going to be a 23. Hey. That hits. Excellent. 19 damage. Nice. Yeah, Shlop. yeah, yeah. You chop it in half. One gets spatchcocked. <laughs> The next one's a 21 to hit. Yeah. And doing 15 damage. You kill it. Nice. Shop, shop. <laughs> this is great. These things are awesome to kill. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 Doran's like hyped up. He's got booze in his system. He's got a little bit of, you know, he's he's got some ego. He's got some lust there from before. He's just jacked up on all sorts of methamphetamines. <laughs> He's just jacked up on all sorts of natural bodily uh, enzymes and testosterone. Doran's like in the element here. Well done, Doran. All is quiet in the study now. All right, let's go check the rest of the house. You head back through the hall, descending the polished stairs to the main floor, down into the dimness, when you see a dark form standing in the entry. It's the size of a man, its arms and legs tapering to sharp, bony points where you would expect hands and feet. Its expression, though human, is made terrible by the blackness of its eyes and the streams of black liquid pouring through them, down its face and naked gray body. It spots you and keenly wails. You are one sad-looking creature. Tighten up, guys. This one looks tough. Yeah. We can take him. So the creature wails and then lashes out at you with its long, pointed arms. It's going to attack you, Red. 21 to hit. Yeah, that hits. It launches its arm out and sticks into your shoulder. You take 14 piercing damage and you are grappled as this spiny limb sticks directly through your shoulder. You have to make a wisdom save. Oh, Oh, shit. Nine. You take 20 psychic damage. Whoa! And the creature reels you in towards it all the way close. You are directly beside the creature and you see it, you smell it, you feel it. I am almost dead. Jesus. And you feel deeply alone as your friends are up at the top of the staircase. Red, it's your turn. You are grappled. What do you do? I feel so alone. And I feel like as I'm like looking around, it's almost like this blackness that's surrounding me. Like I can't even see past the five feet between me and this creature. And suddenly this coldness sets in as this creature looks almost longingly at me with its black dead eyes. And I stare back at it. And I try to snap out of it. So a grappled creature's speed is zero. Great. And a grappled creature can use its action to escape. To do so, you have to succeed on an athletics or acrobatics check, whichever one you prefer. And it's going to be contested against the creature's check. So Red is going to try to break out of this. And I'm going to use my acrobatics. 
Yeah, we're going to do contested check. Oh, okay. And I'm going to use my inspiration. Hey, Ooh, good, good call. This is the time I got to use it. That is. That would be a 22. I rolled an 18. Great job. Oh, wow. Definitely no, the one for nice. the inspiration. Red feels this loneliness crushing in on him and sort of closes his eyes and feels this warmth. And he reaches into his pocket, the only thing he can touch. And he feels the locket, the little locket with the picture of a woman that reminded him of B. And he feels the chain around his fingers and... He's filled with this warmth, this reminder. And despite it not being his daughter, he felt so close to that person. He lets go and bursts from the grasp of this creature. Yeah. So that was my action. I'm going to use feline agility. Nicely done. Are you disengaging? No, because I don't have to with fleet of foot. Ooh. I'm going to move my full 60 feet into the next room so I'm out of the line of sight. Okay. And over 60 feet away. That was clutch. Nice. And I'm going to run into the room with all of the guests. <laughs> and I picture you like just like smashing through the door, just bloodied and panting and knocking over uh, Get out of here. a table. <sighs> Hide! Kraloth, it's your turn. Let's get this abomination, Doran. So Kraloth is going to cast protection from evil and good on himself, and that will hopefully protect him against aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. And then he's going to run towards this creature heedlessly and try to get it to attack him instead of Doran. Great. Hopefully. I love it. I love it. Doran, what do you do? Doran is going to just do the Doran thing and dive in head first, you know? That's what Doran does best, man. He's going to run in and face this beast head on. Mm -hmm. Now, Doran charges in with the same enthusiasm that he's had this evening. It's what he's known for. And attacks. 21 to hit. That hits. Nine slashing damage mm-hmm. in one swipe. And then in the other swipe, coming back around, doing 25 to hit. Yes. And max 19 damage. Nice. Very card. good. The blood on Orc Splitter from the previous creatures now mingling with yes. the blood from this yes. hulking yes. <laughs> Take that. Doran and Kraloth, now you are so close to this creature. Waves of dark energy just roll off of it and pervade your senses. Each of you roll a wisdom saving throw. 23. And 11. Straight up 11. Doran, you take eight psychic damage. And then the creature lashes out at you, Doran, with its terrifying spiny arm. That's 26 to hit you. Uh, Yeah, that hits. You take 17 piercing damage, and you are grappled as you're harpooned through the leg. Make another wisdom saving throw. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, fuck. A two. (gasps) Darn's not very wise. You take 19 psychic damage. Oh, fuck. How many hit points do you have left? 32. Jack's going to be like, they never came back, huh? (laughs) (laughs) 
The creature just starts winding you close to its body as it is almost embracing you. And the black liquid that's flowing from its eyes starts to coalesce on your skin as it brings you close and touches you. Red, what do you do? Red is going to dip his finger into the punch bowl and touch his skin. And this punch-flavored shell of ice blooms over his entire body. That's awesome. It's like it's like orange because it's tropical punch flavor. It's exactly that. And there's a little bit of alcohol in it. So he's constantly a little bit drunk now. Very good. And uh, I'm going to stay still this turn to regain my feline agility. All right, Kraloth, what do you do? Kraloth, seeing that Doran is grappled and the light draining from Doran's face, he reaches out with a hand and says, I got you, brother. And he's going to cast Warding Bond. And that is going to give you plus one to AC and saving throws. So whenever you roll a wisdom saving throw, you get plus one. Ooh, that's clutch. Uh, And you have resistance to all damage. And I'm going to be sharing your damage with you. Cool. All right. Good stuff. So you should be okay for a little while. And I say, end this beast, Doran. Doran, it's your turn. You're grappled. What do you do? Doran feels the rage and anger that this beast has destroyed, ruined Marina's party, the most beautiful, elegant babe he's seen in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, and I can't even. Well, Well, you got luck. You got luck. I don't have any luck points left. Um, a 14 to hit? No, sir. Okay, then another hit. That's going to be a 21 to hit. Yes. How much damage? Doing 17 damage. Excellent. Nice. Nice. Yeah, the despair almost proves too much for you, Doran, and you rally your strength at the last moment and land one hit. But I'm going to use my second wind here and use a bonus action to regain some HP. Great nice. call. Great call. Equal to 1d10 plus my fighter level. And we're at eight. So that's going to be 13 points regained. Just as you take a moment to recover some of your stamina, another wave of despair washes over Kraloth and you, Doran. Make a wisdom saving throw. Three. Shame. Shame. Oh, no. Shame that <laughs> dice. Shame it. Shame. 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 Oh, I'm shaming that dice. Yeah. You deserve it, D20. You little What'd you get, Kraloth? 21. All right. Wow, nice. So, Doran, you take another 11 points of psychic damage. But it is split in half, and you only take five, Mm. and Kraloth is going to take the other six. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, and thank you. Kraloth starts funneling this psychic damage through the bond that you share into his own brain. Ugh, this is such a perfect thing that's happening to the two of you compared to what happened to you on the dance floor. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Bonded in pain. Kraloth, the creature then extends its arm towards you and tries to harpoon you. Now, is it one of those creatures? No, it's not. Oh, no. This is a monstrosity, my friend. Oh. I rolled a 23 to hit you. That hits. Red, you hear the cries of your friends from the other room as Kraloth takes, ooh, 20 piercing damage. Ooh. 
and you are grappled. Then, Kraloth, the creature starts to wind you towards it. You are pressed in close alongside Doran as this black liquid draining from the creature's obsidian eyes starts to gather on your skin in the crevices of your armor. Make another wisdom save for me. 26. There you go. You're all right. Nice. All right, Red. Come on. You are newly crystalline with fruit punch. What do you do? Red walks back into the front hall and sees the creature with his two friends on either side of it. Mm -hmm. The writhing mass that is this creature between them. I'll cast fairy fire as a bonus action. Good call. Yeah, excellent. Deck save. 13, I think. That's a natural one. Hey! (laughs) He pulls an arrow and knocks it and says, Hey, freak! I got a friend for you right here. And he fires at the creature. All right. Oh, natural 20. Excellent. Show me that dice. Double damage. Roll it all, baby. Hells yeah, baby. All right. This is a clutch moment. This evil creature limbed in flame, clutching your best friends, draining their psychic energy from them. 36 damage. Your shot goes through the creature's jaw and it shudders in pain, but it remains standing. And I'll attack again. All right. Don't worry, I got another friend for you. <laughs> Do it! Doran yells with strain in his voice. 15 to hit? 15 does not oh. hit. Second one goes wide. Kraloth, your turn. Kraloth is uh, struggling against this monstrosity's grasp and while he's thrashing about and feeling this complete utter despair the exact opposite of the feeling he felt while he was dancing Mm -hmm. he's out of instinct going to summon his spiritual weapon as a level four yeah behind this monster kick its ass and uh Uh, remember any attack roll has advantage that's gonna be a 21 to hit yes sir 17 points of damage your spiritual weapon comes down and dislocates this creature's head from its body. It slumps to the ground and its pointed arms slide out of you, Doran and Kraloth. Its limbs clatter on the ground as it falls limp and quiet. All right, buddy. I'm fine. That was really tight around me and uh, you've managed to kill it. Oh, it was all of us. Hey, Kraloth, about Marina? Yeah. You know what? I don't, I, I don't care if, if, you, if you win her over or if I win her over. We're always going to be best buddies. And yeah. I've always got your back, regardless of whatever happens. And I'm not going anywhere. We're brothers for life. Damn right. You're not alone. And I hug you. I give you a big, strong... And uh, as Kraloth is hugging you, he uh, kind of nods, and there's this nice, quiet moment. And then he says, your body's like a battle axe. (laughs) More like a hatchet, Red says as he walks up and picks you two up and gets in on the hug. Hey, don't leave me out. (sighs) We, like, look over to the open doorway that has the ballroom and all of the people, like, crowded around watching us. Just staring at the three of you in absolute stunned horror and appreciation. 
Just admiration and fear. This is what toxic masculinity doesn't look like. <laughs> it's called guy love. Deal with it. Yeah, and I feel like Red's got his arms around us, and and we come st- we come strutting in. So you head back into the great hall. Some of the servants run into the entryway and start cleaning up the mess of bodies that you've left behind already. They're picking up the pieces and Marina is trying her best to salvage what's left of the party. Marina, I think we'd like to talk to you for a second, please. Oh, oh yes. Uh, just wait one moment, please. Admoira, um, the drawing room, please. And the servant makes ready a room for the four of us to have a conversation. She leads you in. Look, you know what happened with Renzo back in that town. Something's going on. We've never fought anything like that before. Tell us what you know. There's something weird up here in the north. Something going on with these people. No regular person gets cursed like that. Mm. The man from Pelleswant. He's not the first I've heard afflicted with a curse, such as Raynard described to me. She settles down in a chair and gets some writing things out, and she starts scratching on some parchment. Being in the position that I am financially, I hear things. Tales from traveling merchants. People in the trade with business all over the countryside. Well-traveled friends. I've heard tell of something called the hunger. It consumes, turns folks rabid. Might be something, might be nothing. I I was worried enough that I sent Raynard a magic ring to protect him and Firth. If I were you, I'd keep my eyes peeled for signs of it, of a sickness that devours the spirit and leaves a monster. You mean this area is afflicted by this hunger? There are others like Renzo. Not just this area. I've heard of others, I'm afraid. Uh, You're more well-traveled than I am, I'm sure. Have you never seen something like this? No, nothing like this. Hmm. It does remind me of some necromantic things. Do you think that there could be someone behind this, or is this almost a force of nature? I'm unfortunately neither learned nor experienced enough to comment on a matter like that, Sir Crayloth. But I fear that it can only get worse. She folds close the parchment and seals it with midnight blue wax and presses her signet ring to it. I heard from Reynard that the town of Pelleswant was in need. This letter states that I will pay their taxes owing for this season, and indicates that your good deeds here tonight are the causative factor for this um, beneficiary. Oh, well, thank you. You're too kind, milady. And Red takes it and tucks it away into the bag of holding. Of, of course. It's the least I can do. And Mayor Breacher should hear of it before you send it to Mirabar so he knows. Of course. And I think Red stands up with Kraloth and Doran on either side of him. And he's like, well, but uh, you know what? I'll wait out in the hall. And Red like walks out and starts talking to some waiter. Doran reaches out a hand and he begins to say something else, but then stops. And he says, thank you very much for having us in your home. And he kind of gives a look to Kraloth and shakes her hand and says, uh, it was very nice to meet you. Uh, have a good evening and goodbye. 
<laughs> he awkwardly excuses himself. Right, I'll see you uh, outside, Kraloth. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be a minute. And he finds a fruit punch bowl and uh, dives Just in picks it up face. and <laughs> starts drinking from it without a glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kraloth is standing in front of Marina. And there's this moment of silence. The birds kind of rattling in their cages. And he says, Milady, I... Uh, well, I do wish that we could have met under better circumstances, but I must say that I am quite glad that we met. As am I, Sir Kraloth. And though we only were able to spend one dance together, I hope you enjoyed your time here uh, at my villa, and perhaps you would like to come and visit sometime. Oh, uh, I would be honored. It's quite nice here in the summer. Oh, yes, I saw the fruit trees. Uh, I can only imagine what those taste like. Yes, we have many orchards. <laughs> and then she uh-huh. she sort of closes the distance between you with a half step. And with kind of an inquisitive look, she puts one hand on your shoulder and up on her tippy toes, she plants a kiss on your cheek. And she says, please, be careful. Uh, uh, yes, milady, you as well. And he takes her hand in his for a moment and does a knightly bow, kissing her on the top of the hand, and takes a couple steps back, just taking a mental picture of this, of her in her study. And then swiftly turns around and exits the room. As you begin the long trek back to Pella's want in the chilly darkness, the moon emerges from behind a cloud, just as the ghostly form of Captain Tranieros appears to you, Kraloth. He stands there on the path ahead of you, confrontational, blocking your way, his hand on the pommel of his sword. Why haven't you said anything? So, Trenieros, I... Tell me you recognize them. Those monsters. The ones we just faced. I, uh, uh... Do I remember these? And he searches his mind, his memories, and he gets... Flashes. Flashes of his... Dear friend and fellow cleric Denna being speared through in the chest and being pulled towards this monstrosity. Her face going pallid, her form going limp as it opens its maw, eyes black and dripping with black eye core as it takes a bite out of her neck. And he screams and immediately he's ripped back from this memory. He says, no, I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to remember. Yes, Kraloth. You must. They come from the plane of darkness. From the Shadowfell. Oh, I'm sure that's good news. The 
Thank you once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Ashley and JB, Colin Burkhardt, Daniel, Doug, Jessica Orrit, Jonah Goldman, Katie Orrit, and Mari Kaneski. See you soon! I'm giving musical ideas for Justin. I love it. I'm I'm just waiting for Alex to continue being a four-piece string quartet. All right, let's play the game now. <laughs> the game is That's now perfect. called Thank you, Alex. Make Thank Yourself you. a D&D Band. Oh, well, it had to get I get a little little bit more, right? It's a uh it's a barbershop quartet. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.